Hey, hey. Hey, hey. You're in a new place every time I see you. <laughs> I'm in the same place. I just, I rotate the, the camera 90 degrees so that it looks like a new location each time. Before we start, I want to ask you a very important question. What's the weather like there? What's the weather like here? Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's nice uh, summery weather. It's not too hot. It was about okay. 80 degrees. No thunderstorm, no earthquake, no tsunami, nothing that's going to screw up our show like it did last week? No. Nothing scheduled for the next hour, no. Because I got left all alone for a while. Yeah. You and did. then and then you called in and we wrapped it up on speakerphone. Yeah, it was an exciting, I think it was an exciting way to do the show. I, I think, you know, that was real thrills and spills. You know, that was real actually happening in the moment. Crisis, lost internet. Didn't yeah. lose anything else. Everything else in this neighborhood was fine. Amazingly. I know a lot of people didn't have it so lucky, but uh, we were good except for that. I got to hear that sound, that that phone alert sound yesterday again uh, during one of my classes at the college. The everybody's phone started going off with that alert sound, and somebody said, "Oh, Amber Alert!" And we all picked up our phones, and it wasn't an Amber Alert; it was a Silver Alert. And I happened to match the description of the elderly person who was lost, um, oh. and. I thought my students were going to report me and bring me oh. to the dean's office. I didn't know. I actually didn't know what a silver alert was. That a technical term? It, it's a new. It, it's the uh, it's the opposite side of the amber alert when an, an elderly person, you know, wanders away from their uh, yeah, home and nobody right. can find them. Right. Well, it's a yeah. serious problem. I know it is a few people who've had to deal with that. That's that's no fun. Uh, Okay, interesting. Silver alert. Yeah. Your video yeah. is frozen now. So my video maybe, is frozen? Or unless you're having a senior kind of weird moment. <laughs> maybe I'm having a froze. senior moment. I ran a speed test. Um, and I'm um I've got good speed here, apparently. I don't know what the heck to say. Um I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's very, uh, it's very you upsetting. You don't have a, you don't have an Ethernet connection. I'm guessing. Um, I will uh, tomorrow when okay. I get to my new apartment. Um, well, we should do the show tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, tomorrow, tomorrow, I move into my new apartment finally, and I that have is exciting. Eight, eight gigajillion download speeds, and it's just going to be, it's going to be a whole new show. 5k I'm... wow everything's gonna be 5k and i'll be uh my new uh webcam is an alexa so uh okay is that a car yeah. i don't know i'm sorry no the the new the alexa is like the the high-end uh camera that all the oh. all the kids are talking about these days that's the robot that will smith fought in one of his films <laughs> right yeah or it's the thing from amazon that will talk to you um, and tell you the weather in case you don't want to look outside. So um, I'm a little upset with you. Great. I love to start this way. You Bring like it. to start with me angry at you? We're, we're, there's tension in the air. And there's a lot of tension. I'm, I'm, all, uh, I'm all on edge. Haven't been able to sleep. Because of and something it's, that... It's because of you. Well... Do you I know don't... why? 
Do you know what I, it is? I have is no, I have no idea. Brand new cherry flavor. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it is messing up my brain. Yes. In a really bad way. Which is a good way, right? Which is a good way for okay. for a for a show. And for those of you out there in in uh, TV land, it brand new cherry flavor is a uh, Netflix horror show. Um, it, it's 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 the first movie that I've seen that uses that that thing of reaction video. You know that thing of reaction video that's on the internet where. People post videos of themselves reacting to something. Well, the, the young woman in this movie has made a, a student film. And for a long time, for many, many episodes, you don't see the movie. But you see the reactions of people when they're watching the movie. Yeah. And you start to not really want to see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so excited. I hope um, I hope that uh, my, my friend and... And co-host on the show, Rated P for Paranormal, Maddie Blake, is listening. So now he tunes into our show on occasion. And um, Maddie, if you're out there, I, I hope that uh, hope you feel great right now. We uh, we we reviewed Brand New Cherry Flavor on Rated P for Paranormal this week. That show dropped this morning, and uh, Maddie and I had the equivalent of our race with the devil on that one. He didn't like it. Nope. Well, we, we fought it out good. We duked it really? out. Okay. Well, he's wrong. Okay. Boy. Um, Maddie, if, I hope you're listening. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's just he's just wrong. Um, I, I, that show got got really good under my skin. And I'm going to have to listen to that episode of uh, of Rated P for Paranormal uh, because I want to know Clearly, it just it it affected him on some deep, deep level that he's, you know, things that he's not willing to look at, I think, is is what the problem is. I, I tried to poke holes in his in his theories and say that it was there's some subconscious, you know, fear that he had, but he didn't go for it. He just didn't like it. Uh, I, I did. I, we fought. We fought bitterly. Wow. It was, it was a classic show for us on that level. Um, wow. Yeah. No, that, was, that that show is hurting me. Yeah, it gets into your mind and and hurts you if you're not Maddie. Maddie Blake yeah. didn't didn't wasn't scared, didn't care, wasn't wanted it to be over as and, soon as possible. And it also makes me a little scared of all of my film students at, at Dodge. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean not to not to belabor it, but uh, you know, you and I were both in LA in the 90s. And yes, we were. I think it's a remarkable re like trip back in time for me and you to see such a like recreation of it. It's really very well done that yeah, way. Very well done. Uh, and very, very, very um, not happy making. It's an unnerving. It's an unnerving. It's very unnerving. Um, what well, else? Cool. But what, what's going on with you? What's going on with me? Uh, not a, not a lot. We start teaching uh, on Friday. Amelia and I start our class starts on Friday. So in per in person, uh, you know we're we're figuring that out. Uh, most of our class will be remote. Some of it will be in person, but there's apparently a lot of confusion about uh about adjuncts signing in with their COVID papers and stuff. So we may be huh. we may have to do it remote from the beginning. I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. 
but we're looking forward to that. And, um, you know, other than that, uh, just happy to be like back in the, in like a, 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 a weekly thing with our show. And yep. now I'm still back doing Maddie's show again. We both had hiatuses on these shows. And so, you know, it's kind of getting back to normal. It's, it's been good. Yeah. And All you're right. excited. You're moving into your place tomorrow. So that's, I forgot it was tomorrow. So congrats. So excited. So incredibly excited. Um, and as I said, 8 million giga gigawatt download upload speeds at right. the new place. So, okay. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I guess, um, I guess there's no more avoiding it. We, well, okay, maybe there is some. Maybe there is some avoiding it. Bugsy concurs. <laughs> yeah, we've got a movie to talk about. Yeah, it's um, it's a, it's everybody. I mean, we announced it. It's on Instagram. It's on Instagram. It's a movie called Some Like It Hot. Um, came out in 1959. Stars Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, Marilyn Monroe. Directed by Billy Wilder, and uh, and written it's by. With Hil- and written by uh, Billy Wilder and IAL Diamond. Yes. Yes, indeed. Same fellows who brought us last week's movie, The Apartment. Indeed. Which was made after this movie. Which was made right. after we're going back Here. in time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Apartment was in color. This is in black and white. But that was that was a choice, not because black and color was invented between these two movies. The, the Apartment is happened. in color? Isn't the wasn't the apartment in color? No, no. Oh, okay. All right. Not, I'm, not, I'm not, did you oh, see no. the, the no? The, I'm, you saw the Ted Turner version. I yeah. No, I did. I, I no. I got confused. What I was thinking about was that the the choice to make this in black and white. What there was a big hullabaloo about whether or not to make this in color or black and white, because okay. Mar- Marilyn had a thing that all her movies had to be in color. Oh, okay. Okay, but but then there were problems with the makeup. Spoiler alert: Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon dress as women throughout most of this movie, and there were problems with the makeup that, in color, it looked green. Apparently, makes total sense. Uh, and they didn't want they didn't want it to look like outtakes from The Wizard of Oz. So, in other words, they were more invested in uh, uh, Jack Lemmon looking pretty than they were in Marilyn Monroe looking pretty. As she yes. wanted to look. and yet they failed. Marilyn and Monroe did look better than Jack Lemmon. Actually, is more attractive than Jack Lemmon. I think. Yes. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I actually think Tony Curtis is more attractive than Jack Lemmon too. But um, okay. that's. I don't, you know, a few people would argue that probably with you. I don't think this is a hot button issue. No, of like is yeah. I, I, I you know, I think Tony Curtis was considered to be a heartthrobby, uh, young, young handsome man, and Jack Lemmon was, uh, you know, was a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handsome, a delightful looking man. I'm not saying he didn't look great. Jack Lemmon was very handsome. Very I'm digging a hole here. I didn't even want this. Um, <laughs> speaking of, you know, uh, Tony Curtis and being dressed as a woman, we do have, um, I promised you last week, a, a photograph of me. Um, yes. Or I actually have two photographs of me mm-hmm. when I was playing a woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
shades of shades of Tony Curtis, I think perhaps. Um, you know, honestly, you look like somebody doing Tony Curtis in this movie right now. Okay, and now here's another photograph. Just for the um, record, Matthew, for those who are listening at home, which is everybody, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Matthew's wearing a, uh, a, a dark wig, probably a black short cropped wig and uh, and kind of uh, uh, metallic pink uh, lipstick and uh, very kind of interesting uh, nail polish. I would say kind of gold brown yeah. nail polish. But I have a photograph, if you want to see an even more striking, striking Tony Curtis resemblance, I, I think. Um, this was a, a photograph before I'd gotten into costume and they'd just done some of my makeup. And uh, I think it's pretty striking there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real, that's real. That looks like Tony Curtis in Magnum P.I. Yeah, there you go. That's when he guest Old, starred. Older Tony Curtis. Yeah, right? that is great. Pretty alarming. Huh? That is great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, you got the, you got the bona fides you've done, you've done work in drag. That's impressive. Um, yeah, this was a, a show, uh, you can find it on YouTube called Verdine and Glenida. Mm. And direct I played, I played aunt Betty. Did Billy Wilder direct that? Billy Wilder did not direct it. But if you do want to see a makeout scene between me and George Wendt, that's the place to go. I know people have been, you know, talking about that for for years, well, hoping to see that that matchup. Hashtag making out with George Went is <laughs> exploding right now. It's trending so, right now. There you go. Um, <laughs> so okay, you know, we have a lot to do tonight. We've got a lot to discuss. We have a guest. We have things. So we should we should really start talking. We should move it along. Okay. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, when we drop this as a podcast, I'll I'll edit out everything we've just done. Well, or we could just not not do that anymore and just talk. You know, we're save you time, save us time. It'd be great. All right. Uh, what uh, was so? This was the first time you saw someone like it hot. Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, what? And I venture, your... I venture to say it's it's going to be the last. Okay. Uh wow. Okay, this is an interesting. Uh, this is interesting. And I went into it having loved the apartment. Mm-hmm. And thinking, all right, Billy Wilder, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just adore this movie. And I sat there the whole time, sort of doing w w an imitation of you. When you doing one of my favorite things, my imitation of you is when I just go, huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so interesting, man. Uh. I saw this movie before. I saw it when I was, I don't know, 15, a teenager, 15, 16 years old. You know, rented it at Blockbuster, like everybody would have, uh, and didn't really respond to it as a teenager. I, I didn't I didn't connect with it, didn't really think it was funny. Um, so I'm a teenager, you're saying? No, uh, I'm saying what, what makes it interesting is that usually a movie that I saw when I was 15... Uh, and then I see again as a 35 year old, you know, as I am now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, as an, as an immature adult, you know, you kind of see a different movie. Like you're, you're, you think, and I had the same, I had the same exact, it didn't really change for me. And I felt 
really odd about it because it's such a classic film. I it has a a list of things about it that I think I'm like, this has got to work. This has got to work. How is this not working for me? And uh, I gotta say, like I admire the construction of it the idea of it is brilliant there's some very funny dialogue there is some like brilliant stuff going on it's very smart but i didn't laugh like at all me neither i'm not you know and uh the the there's so much of it that i just said really that's the choice i kept thinking what what if Preston Sturgis had directed this? I movie? thought the same thing. I, I thought the same thing. Or Howard Hawks. Or yeah, you know. And I and I and that's not to say, I I know. Look, this is a weird thing to say about a movie that's this revered and this classic a comedy for so many generations. But I really feel like this is not Wilder's wheelhouse. Like, I think Billy Wilder needs, for me, much much smarter, darker satire, more you know, slightly more biting stuff than, than this was for me. I, I just felt like the abandon and craziness of a screwball comedy was, was kind of replaced by a very kind of like sterile, almost kind of Kubrick kind of style approach to it, which I, 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 uh, I just didn't find funny. And I thought the two of them were, were super manic in a way that uh, didn't serve Oh, I wanted to kill Jack Lemmon through almost the entire movie. It's just go away. Wow. So, okay. This is, I was so, I was so ashamed because I know, I mean, for all I know, like our guest is not going to talk to us now. And, and I was thought, I thought that you would like be, I was going to be honest about my feelings because I, I really genuinely didn't want to feel that way. And I thought, well, maybe it's, maybe it's tonight. Maybe I'm in a, in a mood, but I kept on thinking like this movie is dying for abbott and costello to be in it yeah and like if abbott and costello were here the stupidity level would be the right stupid level for this stupid idea because it's a yeah. really stupid idea yeah and i feel like in a way maybe wilder and diamond and company were i seemed a little bit maybe too smart to do like a little too self-aware of how smart they wanted to make it when it really just needed more stupidity i thought um now, now the part of the movie that worked for me is Monroe. you know i i'm gonna say something just so embarrassing i've never been a monroe person okay well, um, it's not terribly embarrassing. I mean, I, I am all about Marianne, not Ginger, or Velma, not Daphne. Or I don't know what you're talking. Are you talking about you don't like you're not attracted to blondes? I don't know what you're saying. No, no. But the the, the character of Marianne on Gilligan's Island versus the character of Ginger. Okay. The, you know, or Velma in Scooby Doo as opposed to Daphne. Or Samantha in Bewitched, as opposed to Genie okay. in I Dream of Genie. But maybe uh, outside of juvenile fantasies as a child, how do you think of what do you think of her work? Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't find all I could when it got to the monologue. There's that great monologue about saxophone players, 
And I kept thinking what that monologue would have been in the hands of a better actor. Because I, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't believe her for a moment. And I don't, I, I hate to say it, I don't find her, I don't get the allure. That's not important. Nobody, I don't know that anybody needs to know that you don't, aren't allured. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's that is so much of the the mystique no that's true i get it yeah you know uh, look, it, I, I you know there's there's uh I, I i'm i'm not like gonna be an apologist for her or anything i i i like i i i feel i feel for her i like her you know i i want her i i whenever i see her i feel for her i want her to, i want her to succeed i know how badly she felt about herself and how hard she was in herself and um I thought she was really great in this. I, I actually, uh, honestly, this was one of my favorite Monroe performances. I felt like it, she was pushing past some of that fakery and some of that coquettishness that she was like saddled with early on. I thought she was kind of trying to break free of some of that. And um, I, I really thought she was kind of great as this crazy, you know, hard drinking I, I believed she was on the road like that, like in a way that I didn't really believe anybody else was. I, I really, I really thought she, she kind of did some of that work that, that I didn't necessarily think Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon did. I didn't really believe they were musicians. I didn't, I didn't really, really, even with the incredible bass fingering yeah. and spinning that Jack Lemmon was doing. You I, didn't... I, I also, but more to the point, like I, I didn't, and I think this was probably this like some it was maybe on purpose. I don't know. But like the, the threat level was real for them. Like the stakes were very high, but I didn't feel like they were ever taking those things seriously enough for me to kind of care whether they got caught or not. By you know, and George Raft isn't a bad enough dude for me to worry about him showing up like George oh. Raft. It's just not he's always like been a cartoon gangster to me i never really fought, you know he had one move which was flicking that coin up and down which this is the funny moment of the movie where he runs into a guy who's <laughs> flicking his coin up and down and he right. looks at him and he's like that's a nice trick and that's um, edward G. who he says it to is that right i didn't know oh. that yeah, that's Edward G. Robinson Jr. What I didn't we asked that bit of dialogue. What with. I didn't look up because I didn't do I did I looked up a lot more about the apartment. I was in a in a mood about that because like you, I flipped for the apartment. I, I that that movie just blew me away. And uh and I think is um is just uh I'm gonna go back to that again and again. And that's a movie that I saw when I was a teenager, didn't understand then, but now I came around to it and love it so yeah. uh yeah but um, i will be going back to that um i know the part of this movie that actually worked for me was i loved all of the setup until we got to i loved the gangster stuff and i loved the faces of those gangsters and by the way, did you did you recognize our very good friend Mike Mazurki? Sure did. Oh yeah. Moose yeah. Malloy from Murder Moose, My Sweet. Moose Malloy. Yeah. He, was, uh, he was a great face from a lot of those gangster movies. Yep. A lot of the, the whole crew was made up of guys from a lot of gangster movies. Oh, um, those faces. And then the mm -hmm. main guy, the uh Rig not Rigoletto, but whatever the 
the the big gangster was who's running the the what, show spat, at the spat? end. Oh, oh no, that guy with the hearing aid. Yeah, um, doing a full out Mussolini. Amazing. He was you know? great. He was yeah. great. That was a great speech and a great scene. Yeah. Um, I, there were just choices throughout that I was like, again, I get things that really may have worked at the time in the moment, but um, Tony Curtis's choice to play the oh, worst please. he decides to okay so those who haven't seen it they dress in drag to escape to pretend that they're in a women's band to escape the mob they've been fingered by the mob so they go off to miami pretending to be uh, players in a female orchestra and um uh <laughs> they um Oh, help me out here. I took completely lost track. I got overexcited. Well, and, and and then and then while there uh, in the band is Marilyn Monroe who wants to marry a millionaire and Tony Curtis falls in love with her. Yes. And down in Miami, which is actually the Hotel Coronado in San Diego, which still stands and I, I've been to it. It's an amazing place. Um but uh, which which they shot at because they wanted Marilyn. They wanted to put Marilyn up there so she didn't have to get to set. Mm. She would be there already. OK. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, so so Tony Curtis starts impersonating a shell oil yeah. millionaire and he chooses to do it as. Take it. This is where you were heading, Tony. Thank you. He he decides to to pretend to be a Cary Grant character. So he talks yeah. like Cary Grant. It's the worst Cary Grant impression ever. Curtis is apparently obsessed with Cary Grant and like was famous for doing this impression. But I don't know if he was supposed to be doing it bad or not. It, it wasn't good. But the movie takes place in 1920. Right. Yeah. Cary Grant was... I don't think Cary Grant was a star yet. Wasn't even making movies at that point. <laughs> um, so I didn't quite understand how he would have gotten that reference. Again, just made for the, the people of the times. You know, I gotta well, they say... Were doing, they were doing a time loop thing that Cary Grant mm -hmm. in real life then saw this movie and decided to adopt that as his persona. Christopher Nolan, Some Like It Hot. Yes. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I, I will say, you know, one thing that the movie deserves some credit for is smacking those censors around like like crazy. Because oh, like they, nobody's business. They pushed the line on stuff in this movie for that time, for 1950. This is 1959. Yeah, they were they were pushing it as far as that could go in Hollywood, man. So good for them on that. Like. I don't I actually wouldn't even begin to know if this movie today for today's audience might be offensive to some people or not. I'm assuming everything might be offensive to somebody. Yes. I'm going to answer. Yes. There's um, offensive stuff. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I'm sure there is, but I mean, in terms of the, like I've never heard this movie discussed by people the way that some other films are in terms like other older films are in terms of like, it's never been pointed out yet. Maybe right. we'll, you know, see that happen, but um but they, you know, there was a lot of uh, brave stuff about pushing the envelope uh, about things you could discuss sexually. Um, you know, there was a lot of really kind of like uh, great, really sly blue humor in this that um, they got away with. And I, I feel like a lot of the energy 
was them just cheekily trying to figure out how they could, you know, how far they could push it. Yeah. And I read, I read a bit about how groundbreaking it was at the time. But again, I'll go back to something like Miracle Morgan's Creek, yeah. which, which pushed the envelope further than this, almost. further than this. Yeah. But in, in a funnier, much yeah. wittier way. She doesn't know I who mean, the father is. That's like 1945. It's yeah. wow. Yeah. She doesn't know who the baby, who the father yeah. is, who how many guys did she sleep with? She has seven yeah. kids. Yeah. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. And the implication is that they might be seven different fathers. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's who the hell knows. They really pushed it on that. Yeah. It's true. It's um, true. Um uh, yeah, and, I mean, and managed to make a funny movie at the same time. And for those of you who don't know, we're talking about Miracle Morgan's Creek, which is just uh, one of the all time greats. Yeah, Preston Sturgis, writer director Preston Sturgis, um, yeah. my, my, one of my personal heroes. Which a movie which I think I may have seen for the first time with our guest. No kidding. Because my, my first year in law school, there was a a Preston Sturgis film festival at, was it the Thalia? One of those Upper West Side. I wasn't there. He, you were there with our guests. So you should there. ask him. One of those Upper West Side movie theaters had a Preston Sturgis film festival. And, and I remember that I went to almost every one of his movies there. And I think several times with, with our guest who um, we don't want to disappoint anybody in the audience. It's not actually Billy Wilder. It's, it's not our surprise guest. It's better than that, Billy. It's, it's better, better than, than Billy Wilder. It's yeah. somebody who worked with Billy Wilder. Yeah. It's somebody Should who we... can actually talk about Billy Wilder in a way that Billy Wilder could never talk about Billy Wilder. Should we bring him on? He may not want to come on after we didn't. Well, yeah, I, let's see if he's there. He may okay, have just hung up. He's still there. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're bringing our very good friend who we've known since... I mean, you were you you've known John since you were a like a year and a half. Yeah, you might not remember that. No, I remember. Yeah, I mean, I I remember him always being, always being there in my life. But he, you know, I, I don't remember the date. It was okay. It was pre knowledge well, of it was prehistory. Well, ladies and gentlemen, our friend John Corcus. Hey, hey welcome to the show. Hey, fellas. Give me give me a chance to switch the other light on. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. please. It's not bright enough. It's really <laughs> dark. <laughs> this is really this is great stuff. <laughs> well done. Excellent. <laughs> we didn't give him enough of a lead in there. There. There, that's beautiful. This is America. There. This is America. You can't do this in other countries, guys. You can only do this in America. You can do the you do? lights without getting it yeah. or electrocuted. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, John, welcome to show business night. I've been having. Thanks, fellas. Thanks so much. I've been having. You've been from listening. You've been breaking up a lot. There's a bet. There's a connection problem. But really? Uh, oh no! Won't continue. That's bad news. It's a, That's horrible. A little bit dead, but maybe that maybe it was just from my end. But let's keep talking, see what happens. 
Okay. Uh, all right. Well, there's no. We're, we're not going to know until we hear the the the, the download. We'll on hear this, it back, or maybe there's a few people watching. Maybe they'll post a comment and tell us whether we're all breaking up. Right. Don't count um, on it. Yeah. Well, right now, it's bad. Have... it may be in my. Yeah, there it goes again. But let's let's try. We'll see what happens. It might be on your end right. because I'm hearing Tony fine, but you're breaking up on me. Yeah. Well, you're you're sound okay right now. Yeah. So tell us about Billy Wilder. Okay. Or or tell us why we don't know what the <laughs> hell we're talking about. Well, first of all, <laughs> John John John, you worked with Billy Wilder on one of his last films. Oh yeah. Oh, now we are frozen. Breaking up a lot. I, I um. I get no. You're frozen, but I, um, I got to. Uh, I should say, if I go back a little bit, Jack Lemmon was one of my idols from when I was a kid, right? So the the apartment is my favorite film still, and I saw the apartment when I was about fifteen. And I got to work with Jack twice. So when I was in my first job off Broadway for your dad, guys, uh, Alan Arkin directing me in Little Murders off Broadway in 1969, they let me off for a week to do a one-scene part in Neil Simon's movie, The Out-of-Towners, with Jack Lemmon and Sandy Dennis and Bobby Walden. The four of us had one scene together, and that's when I met him. And I was incredibly nervous and excited to meet him. I almost couldn't speak. But... Uh, the weather was bad and Jack had a cold. So anytime there was a break, they'd whisk him out of the car and put him in the trailer and give him tea. So we never got to talk. Mm -hmm. But five years, five years later, I got cast in the remake of the front page at Universal with Billy Wilder directing and Billy Wilder and IAL Diamond writing the script and Jack and Walter Matthau in the leads and uh, a lot of great actors in there, uh, including my friends, Vinnie Gardinia, Paul Benedict, Austin Pendleton, uh, Susan Sarandon was in there. I got to meet Charlie Durning, old timers like David Wayne. Wow, that's and, a, that's a it, company of people. Wow, and you know Dora Miranda. You're really going back. I mean the whole whatever, all shot at Universal, but that was for nine weeks. So I was working for nine weeks with those guys every day, and I was with Jack every day, working face to face with him a lot of time, and then hanging out with him a lot afterwards over the next year and spending time with them so i mean all those guys were you know i was in awe of them all the time um so you know my dad was a big billy wilder fan because billy wilder grew up in the same place that my grandparents grew up in austria so, oh wow uh, yeah so uh where do i say this where do i start with this um what year did you do the front page 1974 so was this, uh, I'm not looking at the stats right now. This must have been Wilder's, one of his last films, if not his last, right? There were a number of them after. Uh, were there? Let me see. Only, he was only 68. He was only, he was only 68 years old. Then. And really? He had a number of them left. Oh, yeah. So and, he started uh, pretty young in Hollywood then. I didn't realize. I, he was a, he was, he, he was a young guy. He came to Hollywood as a screenwriter. And um, and uh, escaped the Nazis to come here, sold a script from Paris and got brought over to the United States, and started as a writer and and ultimately got to write for Ernst Lubitsch, who was his idol. He worshipped him. 
Mm-hmm. And he wrote, I think, with Charles Brackett. They wrote, I think they wrote Nanachka together. And God mm. knows what else together. And uh, uh, Wilder never yeah, stopped praying. Yeah, Nanachka, you're right, yeah. Uh, he just adored him and worshipped him. And uh, Wilder was not that, Wilder was a pretty cynical guy. And he never spoke that way about Lubitsch. Uh, he just, you know, worshipped him. Um, <clears throat> but um, so when I was on front page, I mean, I very much knew whose company I was in. Yeah. And uh, also because of Jack, I couldn't wait to be around Jack and Walter, you know. Yeah. But Wilder was, he was a showman. He took stage. He, he, you heard him, you know, he, he made himself be heard. He wasn't mean, but he spoke up and he was a, it was a performer in a sense. He had this great wit, a big voice, that heavy accent. He didn't hide in the background. He didn't go into the woodwork. Whereas Izzy Diamond, I.A.L. Diamond, his writing partner, who was an equal participant in the writing, was the other way. Is was quiet. Is was a lovely guy. He was a lovely man, and really nice to talk to. But they were a great combination because they were nothing alike. Right. They were a real team. I got to know and be friendly with Paul Diamond. Is his son, who's a screenwriter, who's still friends this day in L.A. And Rex McGee, who had written Wilder a, a fan letter as a young screenwriter, Billy was so taken by it that he invited Rex to be an observer on the set when we were there. And Rex became Billy's assistant, student, protege, till Billy died. He was 95, so more than 25 years. So those two guys are friends, and those guys are friends of each other as well. And those guys are two of the keepers of the flame, so to speak. I mean, they know all those things and whatever. But um, I wanted to say a little bit about the apartment, but... It, Oh, you want me to tell you about that that Irving Thalberg award? I can tell you. Can well, you yeah, we got to put a link. We want to put a link in our social because uh, to this because John says this is a great speech of Billy Wilder's. Okay. Um, but Matt thought I could. You, all right, if I tell you what's in it, is it spoiler? I can tell you what's sure, in it. Sure. No, go right ahead. Oh, and there, no, we can talk about anything on this show. Okay, I don't want to ruin it, but no, I can I can tell you what's there, but you're still going to get to hear it anyway. You you were right with that, Tony, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know if you can hear me. What did he yeah, What did he say? No, we're breaking up a little. All right. Um, when he was, I don't know, more advanced age, but still active, but an icon already in the business, they gave him the Irving Thalberg Award at the Academy Awards one night, and he was introduced by Jack by Lemon, came out and spoke about him. And then Billy came out to a standing ovation in his thick accent, which I won't try to do. And um, he said he had come here. I, I can somewhat reverse the, the order of it. Uh, what I do know is what I can tell you is that he was from Austria and he had uh, emigrated to Berlin as a young guy wanting to, you know, because Berlin flourished in the arts in the 20s, right? In music and painting, literature and film. And there were other guys, mostly Jewish guys like himself, like Fred Zinnemann, the Siadmak brothers, Robert Siadmak, who made movies like The Killers, right. and his brother, Kurt, who made horror movies, like Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, a bunch of them. They were all making movies together in Berlin. And then gradually, as the Nazis were coming in, these guys were still hanging in there. And uh, Peter Lorig, whose real name was Lowenstein, was Goebbels' favorite actor. Oh, that's a distinction. 
and I've heard that's Brown, not something you want to have people remember. You, you know, it's funny because I'm pretty sure Lori didn't have that on it, right. didn't like have that on his resume. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think he like used that as, as an entree, like to get into the Brown Derby. I don't think he walked up to the, you know, to the Maitre D and said, "You know, I was Goebbels' favorite actor." <laughs> what do you mean I can't get a table? I don't think so. <laughs> Why can't I get a table? I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, so he was in the in the middle of all this. In the middle of all this time when people were still somehow insanely hanging in and not leaving Berlin, but the Nazis were there, uh, uh, evidently Peter Lorre ran into Goebbels in an elevator, and Goebbels told him he thought it was time for him to go on tour, which was the best way he could say to him, you better get out now. Mm. So he got out. It's sort of like Hollywood right now, you know. Yeah, right. It's We're all be- holding on. It's going to be okay. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fine. <laughs> so Wilder said uh, that um, he came home one night and his landlady said to him there were some men looking for him. And he knew right away. So he had to pack some belongings and get on the midnight train to Paris and get out before they got him. And it was from Paris that he started to submit material to Hollywood. And eventually he got something picked up and it got him out to Hollywood. I think he roomed with Peter Lorre uh, out there for starters, but he was starting to try to make his way as a screenwriter. And, it, and as the things were beginning to happen, but he was still sweating it out, he got a, a letter saying that he had to either fulfill or renew his visa somehow and the, he didn't have enough records to present so he had to in order to stay in the country he had to prove all sorts of things with more documentation and he obviously could not go back to germany to do that so could he get he a letter go, from Ger- he could he get a letter of reference from goebbels <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah help out my pal <laughs> um so he he went to mexicali i guess across the border from uh, you know, uh, California, whatever, to the consulate there. And as he says in this speech, when he accepted the Irving Thalberg Award, he said he went in and there was a man, to, uh, you know, American consulate sitting there who didn't know behind a desk. And Wilder said he was soaking wet. And he, he said, I, it, it wasn't that from the heat. He said it was from nerves. He said he thought he was a goner because he knew he didn't have the papers. And the guy just kept staring at him and considering him. And he went through the papers and Wilder was sitting there and he said to Wilder, he says, well, you don't have the papers that you need. I need more. And Wilder said, well, the only way I could get them for you is to go back to Germany and I'd be on a train for Buchenwald. He said, there's no way I can do it. I, whatever, and I don't know how. And so the guy kept staring at him and finally he said to him, uh, what do you do? And he said, I write movies. And he just took time and looked at him. He got up and he walked around the room with while there was just a basket case sitting there. He looked around the room, walked around the room and came back and looked at him for a while and then took out a stamp 
and stamped all his papers and he gave him back his papers. He said, write good ones. Oh man. <clears throat> yeah, wow. It gets, it gets me even now. It gets me. Oh my now. God. So he made any and he so, made good so and he what, made good on that. He, <laughs> he he did he did write good there's ones two, after that too. There's, there's yeah, two and, different and ways. Said, there's two different ways I thought that story was gonna go, though. I thought you were gonna say that when he said to his that when his landlady said to him, somebody came here looking for you, that Thalberg was gonna say, My agent came to the house. The landlady. <laughs> that the, the, the landlord that, that he was going to say to the landlord right. my, my agent came to the house and i and then i thought that you were going to say that the guy at the consulate when he said i write movies that the guy at the consulate was going to say i have a script will you read it and that that's what got him back into the country <laughs> it would happen now it would happen so he said he told that story uh, exactly as close as I can get to it when he accepted the Thalberg Award. He told the story I just told, ending with, we'll write good ones. And he said to the audience something like, well, I've been doing my best ever since. And then he said, I have so many people to thank. And he said something like, I don't know his name, but that wonderful man that saved my life, whatever, there. And at the end, he said, uh, he held it up. He said, IAL, something like get better. Uh, part of this is for you because evidently is might have been dying then, or he might have been sick. And it was serious, ah. and that was the speech, just incredible. And um, yeah, but yeah, he did a you know, there's something amazing, but uh, amazing. But if you so were, the, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I, this is going to be a, a slightly pivot uh, idea. So tell me what you were going to say. We're losing John. We oh, lost John. Yeah. No, I well, I was um, going to ask. Uh, so you're you're breaking. Okay. Yeah. Do Do you remember the first time you saw you? The apartment's been your favorite movie since you were 15. Is that true? He won't answer yeah, me. Yeah, so or, about he, he doesn't want to talk to you anymore. It's done with us. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you no, stack up? You're, you're breaking up so much. I'm sorry about that. Uh, maybe it'll get better. It was great for a while. Yeah, it's you... uh, it's on your it's on your end, John, because I've gotten messages from people saying that Tony and I are coming through fine. It's your internet connection that is uh, the problem. And well, I can't hear you guys very well. Sadly. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do. Um, if, you can, if you can hear this, how do you stack up Sun Lake It Hot against uh, uh, the apartment? You can't. They're not at all alike, and they're not in the same genre or the same world. It's different. And they just happen to be written by the same two guys. Well, I can stack I them mean, up again. I, I can I stack them here. I, you can stack them up for, I mean, in but, the sense that I can say I've, I'm a huge fan of The Apartment oh. and not so much of Some Like It Hot. They, they are very different movies. I just prefer, I prefer the the Some Like It, I, I prefer the yeah, The Apartment I, vein from Wilder. Okay. 
So I'm not crazy. As a big as a big Wilder aficionado, you agree that the apartment is much more, you know, that's what he is best at, that kind of oh, movie. Yeah. The okay. Apartment. Ace in the Hole, yeah, the is my Sunset Boulevard. Just, okay. Yeah. Ace in the Hole, uh, Double Indemnity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, The Lost so, Weekend. So, uh, Lost Weekend's kind of I think it uh, kind of dated for me or it doesn't work for me like it used to, but it's uh, also a laugh say, riot. What I was going <laughs> to say about <laughs> what I was going to say about some like it hot, you know, I saw it when I was younger. Right. So I saw it when I was, what I would say 12, maybe 13. Um, it still has a lot of nostalgia for me. And there's still moments in that, that I really do find funny, but there are things in the humor that are dated. Mm -hmm don't hold up anymore you know right right and um and also you might i don't know if you notice i did and i kind of checked it out to some people and i'm pretty sure it, it, it's true that they don't say it is when jack is in the in the film everything that jack does does is jack's voice right when when tony is in drag that's not tony's voice really yeah that's somebody oh else. Wow, they dubbed it. Yeah. Why didn't they dub him when he was trying to be uh, Cary Grant? <laughs> but, but see that that would have been even more useful. That's the part I that's the part I don't agree with. I think it's supposed to be nakedly a bad amb, uh, impression. I don't okay. think it's supposed to be a good impression. Otherwise, well, I I, I didn't I didn't know. I I just thought it was terrible. I didn't know if it was on purpose or not. But but that's no, fine. That, that it's it fine was. that it's it's fine that it's a bad impression. But it's a bad impression of an actor who wasn't famous yet. Oh, he was a huge star then. You kidding me? In Harry in nineteen in nineteen twenty in nineteen twenty nine. Oh, oh, you mean by then? Oh, for the for our audience, right? You know, so yeah, I mean, it was. Uh -oh. I mean, and and yeah, no, in nineteen sixty was a huge star, yeah. but it was a wink, you know, it was a wink. Yeah. I did, I did, never that was a sh come on. That was a schmink. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> a schmink. It didn't. It didn't make me laugh. But it does, that's okay. That's okay. No, I, for me, what I've established is that I, you know, I, I am now after after rewatching the apartment and and rediscovering what is now like bona fide one of one of my favorite films of the period. Now it's such a great great movie in every respect. And it is so much to me like the pinnacle of Billy Wilder, to what Billy Wilder's meant to me. I mean, I'm a huge Sunset Boulevard fan, as I said. I, I, I think, you know, uh, his my favorite mode of his is is darker, more more a darker vision of humanity. It's more acerbic than than this film. I just think that uh, when he when he's making stuff that's got that kind of you know, uh, merciless edge to it. Right. It's, it's my, it's, that's my, the stuff, the Billy Wilder stuff I love. And I, and I, somehow he, he's a, maybe a little too, uh, uh, you know, um, precise for the kind of screwball comedy I like, which is much more kind of chaotic than he usually has yeah. in, in his. And, and also, yeah. you know, I read some stuff, you know, they talk about how this was somewhat groundbreaking, you know, they hadn't done, dragon movies before you know men men dressing as women and all all of that and 
but but in to the extent that that might have been groundbreaking there was no, no other aspect of them doing that that was groundbreaking these characters don't learn anything from dry, dressing up as women other than that it's hard to walk in heels like they their characters don't have any realizations none of that in the writing ever gets explored um they make crass comments about about the women right you know comments like like uh when the steam blasts marilyn and they watching her walk by they they look at her from behind and he says it's like jello on springs but they never they and and then they get they get treated badly by men you know they get chased after by men but they never have any realization about that and so in in places where they could have gone a little bit and i don't mean they have to do some movie about social commentary or anything like that but they had no the movie had no conscience to me of any kind i don't think that would have bothered you a damn bit if it had made you laugh consistently from exactly exactly i mean cause because I, cause I, you know i mean I, yes. laurel hardy doesn't have any conscience or morality to it no. but I, you know and, it's like no and i'm i'm also the guy who liked Matt, mike hammer beating the crap it is you are that's true so, you know john he's but, a complete madman he's a sociopath <laughs> but, just so you know but but if you're gonna do that if you're gonna have absolutely <laughs> no social conscience you better make a movie that entertains the hell out of me well I think what John was saying is that it, it did entertain him and it entertained generations of people before we showed up and had smart ass things to say. But <laughs> nevertheless, it's still out there for everybody to have an opinion about. I'm not, I'm not, I... you, you apparently John can't hear us very well, but we, this is exactly did, how we I like did. to keep our guests somewhat in the dark about what's happening. Yeah. And and that they can't they can't argue back with us. No, because, they can't they can't say a thing. He's trapped in his own apartment trying to communicate ideas, and this is this is great podcasting, folks. Yeah, this is fantastic. He's trying to speak. I did have a couple more things to say to you about the apartment. Okay, that quickly may or may not know. Well, I'm, all right, they they wrote it for Jack. Okay, you may know that. I don't know. I didn't yes. know they wrote it for Jack. I did uh, not know that. Bill, oh, definitely intentionally wrote it for Jack. Yeah. And the source of the story, there are two sources to the story. Do you know this? Have you ever heard this? I don't. Yes. No. All right. One of them is, is according to Wilder, is David Lean's movie, Brief Encounter. No uh, kidding. With with Celia Johnson and um, Trevor Howard. Uh, Trevor Howard. Yeah. Right. About a, a married, a, a very uh, innocent married woman who meets this doctor uh, by chance in the, on the subway, on a train car. And they, stop. they have the, the most British love affair that ever, that ever existed, which consisted right. of, oh, really pardon me. Oh, I'm so terribly sorry. <laughs> the end, the love affair. And, <laughs> They try to they try to consummate it. They try to consummate it at the apartment of a friend of his, right? So okay. Wilder has said it was one of the first things that gave him the idea for the apartment because he kept thinking, "What's it like for the what guy whose apartment it is 
Wow. And he comes comes home through, as Wilder said, a warm bed. Okay? Yeah. But the other part is, <clears throat> is you may or may not know this, um, MCA used to be a big agency. And eventually, because they were both a, a studio and an agency, uh, the antitrust laws made them split up. And they became universal and MCA kind of went its way, right? But a major, a big agent at MCA was having a secret affair with his client, Joan Bennett, this movie star, right? And they were meeting regularly at the apartment of a junior agent. And her husband was a producer named Walter Wanger, who found out of it. And it was either in a garage or in a stairway. And he approached this guy, this agent, and shot him in the crotch. And, and the guy wow. miraculously survived it. And the, the two different versions, one say that one version is that he lost one <clears throat> testicle. And, and, and the other is that either way, he survived it enough to go on and, and have another marriage and have children with somebody okay. else. And, and forever, Wanger forever was, after, was, forever after Wanger's Wanger. name was pronounced Wanger. Yeah, right. <laughs> or he was Got called the, lo the, lo the lone the lone wanger <laughs> sorry so that's a remarkable story i didn't know that one john that's crazy wow Hence, wow do do you remember uh falling madly in love yeah, with uh, in, in the with interview. go ahead Again? This is just this is a nightmare. Do you do you remember uh, falling madly in love with Shirley MacLaine after seeing this movie? He's in, too he's, stunned he's, to say he's, he's, he's thunderstruck. Did, thunder did, did you have a big crush on Shirley MacLaine after seeing this when you were a teenager? I would have imagined oh, so. Yeah. Yes, but maybe oh, not. Yeah. Okay. Oh, very much, very much so. She was she yeah. was uh, like a pretty fresh face on the well, what, scene, what wasn't she? Yeah, go ahead. She hadn't. I, I'm not sure, but she hadn't really done much before the apartment, right? Or was that her first? Uh, I, 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 I don't know what the first thing was, but yeah, it was it was it was pretty important. Let's see. Um, I have IMDb. I can look this up. I don't know, but I can find out. No, it wasn't the first. No, it was, was like her 10th movie. She'd already done Can Can, Ask Any Girl, Some Came Running, The Matchmaker. She's a, She was already a star. Around the world in 80 days, she'd already done that. She was so great. Man, was she That's was great in this was, movie. It was, it was, it had an, it was the only part she played like that. It made such an impression. It, it felt like it was the first time you'd seen her, right? Oh, she's oh. so great. Well, she was a discovery. She was the discovery on Broadway because she was she was in the the chorus of Pajama Game, and Carol Haney was playing the the, uh, the part and got sick and couldn't go on, and it's like those stories. Shirley went on and she had that that uh, show stopping uh, dance number called Steam Heat, and they studio people saw her and she got a contract out of it. Wow. Uh, Similar to my story. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Did you know that in the for the apartment, Billy parked. Wilder, Billy Wilder was the first person to win Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay with the apartment. I didn't know that. Wow. Oh my God. First person to do the triple header that way. Wow. Here's the 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 question that I want to ask. Oh, I, I'm I'm disappointed that Joan Shawley wasn't in front page. So you don't have any Joan Shawley stories for us. Yeah, man. We're big Joan Shawley fans over here on the podcast. Was it? Joan Ooh. Shawley uh, played Sweet Sue in uh, in Some Like It Hot, the band leader. Um, she plays... I lost you guys completely. I'm... Joan Shawley. She played Sweet Sue in in Some Like It Hot. The band leader, she played the uh, one of the secretaries right. in um, oh, okay. in the apartment who's having an affair, the the first one, um, and uh, she's throughout the right. movie, and uh, she's also just by chance, this apparently uh, our show is a Joan Shawley uh, celebration because I think she's been in two at least two or three other movies that we've done at on least the show. two yeah woman on the run and one other she's yeah, fantastic she's, she keeps popping up everywhere I I loved her in, in some like it hot I thought she was great and in fact I yes. could have I just could have used more of the band like more band life more with these ladies I thought that was all great the stuff on the train was yeah. great you know everybody crammed Stuff on into the train his birth was that was really cool yeah um yeah but uh i'll tell you um, man i'm going back to watch you know i'm gonna i'm gonna watch all the wilder stuff again and and the stuff that i haven't seen and i gotta see the front page john i've never seen it that's crazy uh do you know if it's if it's uh readily available the front page I couldn't you understand know? you, Tony. We're breaking up. Like do you know? Do you know if the front page is uh, is uh, easy to, to get their, your hands on? Um, I'm looking it up right. If it's viewable, now, I don't see it available. I don't see it available on any of the services. It may be on a front page. It may be on Amazon Prime. We're looking for it. I hope there is. I gotta. I gotta track it down. I no, it is, uh, it's not. I think it's on Amazon, on Amazon Prime right now. No, not on or rent or buy on Amazon. No, no. Amazon. Let's see if it's on JohnCorcus.com. You might be able to buy it. It's. <laughs> yeah. What What is your website, John? You keep an up to date website, don't you? He's no, yes, I don't he, got one. no. He don't got one. Oh my god. We gotta hook I, you up, John. We gotta hook you up with a website. Okay. Yeah. That's what that's what we do with every right. guest. We, this whole show is about yeah. selling people some websites. Our cheap. website service. Yeah, we 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 design websites for people. Killer sites. You're not gonna believe how great they are. <laughs> You're gonna get so much work after this this podcast drops. Your phone is gonna be ringing. John, before we yeah, just remember, I don't do Windows. Before, do well, the deal's off. So just so before we wrap up, is there anything you're doing right now? Anything uh, you want to? Anything that you have on the air, online? Any recent work? Any teaching you want to talk about? Anything you're doing right now that's exciting or 
He's frozen again. I'm, you got to say frozen. it again, pal. I couldn't even hear it. Oh, I was just asking you what you got going on right now. If there's anything you wanted to promote or any. It didn't, uh... it didn't freeze, but just. Yes. Yes. Well. Well, he'll tell us about it later, and we'll put it in. We'll we'll put it in we'll, the comments. We'll put it in the comments. Uh, anything <laughs> that uh, if you can hear me now, I won't. Uh, yeah. Yes, we won't. We won't even belabor that. Yeah, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna say goodnight to our guest because we're having but some we, technical difficulties, we, and Tony and I have to figure out what we're gonna do for next week. Um, right. So um, we're gonna we're gonna boot you back to the green room. But but thank you for sharing us with that, sharing that Thalberg story with us and the other observations about um, about him and uh, we love you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. If you can hear us, if you can hear us, us good night. Fellas. Thank you. I I hope everything's okay at that apartment after the. You <laughs> yeah. too, man. The water's rising. That's too bad. The technical the technical the technical issues. thing was was a drag. Um, so what are we going to do next week? Well, um, this is a question that we should have asked this ourselves a, before we, should we are wasting about people's it. time. <laughs> okay. What I we're going to talk after the show and we're going to decide what to do next week. And, uh, I will announce it on my Facebook page. I will put it up on, um, uh, the Arkin uh, which is our website. There you go, uh, and, and people can go um, go find out what we're doing next week there. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope um, a fewer technical issues. Matthew will be in his new apartment with a better setup. Everything's going to uh, be fantastic. It's going to be great. You just wait yeah. and see what the fall's going to have in store for you and us. Wow. So so many things. All right. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to ArkinBros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.